And we love you for it, Father. We thank you that we had no idea when we accepted Christ that there was so much made available to us. That you had a future for us and a hope, a blessed hope and a hope in this life for a good life with you. So we thank you for those and so many things, Father, impossible to list and impossible to say. We thank you for those in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So today we're going to talk about the fact that you are his beloved. Amen. You are his beloved. You are his beloved. Amen. <laughs> Yay. That's something to cheer about. Yeah, it is. That's had something really to cheer about. We're going to talk about um what the Bible describes as the beloved. You know, if you <clears throat> search that word throughout the word of God, you'll see that it has a meaning of um, a special meaning. Someone who is close and dear to one's heart. An exceptional place that we have prepared for us. In Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He has blessed us already with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us, so we are chosen. Man, we are chosen. This isn't something that you had to fight your way into. Praise God. You know, for a change. <laughs> something that you don't have to uh, come against anybody for. You were chosen. He says he has chosen us in him to be his possession before the foundation of the world. So you're choosing. You didn't get chosen because nobody else wanted you. Uh, you were left over. You know, at the at the dance, you're not the ugly girl at the dance because you were chosen before you even born and went to the dance, ma'am. So you chose. He was. He had chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. And without blame before him in love. So you're chosen for holiness. Got me? You're chosen to be his holy vessel. His holy bride. Having predestined us into the adoption of children. So before the foundation of the earth you were already, it was already set in motion your adoption by God. It's all of the steps that it took you to get there were predestined steps. See, God knew that you were going to make those steps. That's really what predestination refers to. It's more of a foreknowing of God and an accumulation of your will and God's direction with your will involved. So you can say that God was not the author of your mess ups. But when he saw you messed up he came and predestined you again to keep on track back to him. You got me? 
so you're predestined even with see you're it's like your faults aren't even looked at he has a bigger picture involved in keeping you on track with him it's is like well what is that about you're still predestined i don't care what you did after your predestination you're still predestined you're on the road and to the adoption of children huh well this takes care of your your bad upbringing and your rotten parents and what they didn't give you and i remember that christmas i was expecting chatty kathy and they came home with a baby brother so you got chatty boo boo huh whatever you know we all got a sad christmas story we got a sad birthday story we got a sad this well you you were predestined to be adopted by him anyway so you were adopted by jesus christ himself so he has some say so in your your papering so to speak and you're being given papers he adopted you but the father adopted you too now how does your brother and your father adopt you huh well has anybody ever had a mean older sister or older brother or somebody in the family that just i know that's right she she ain't looking she ain't looking she she took a nap yeah a joke an old joke if only that sibling could really be a parent to you they're trying their best but they're a kid like you are and they don't understand and they don't know they're trying to be a a good older brother well jesus is the perfect older brother he's adopted you too he got me he's adopted you too so you can fire the you know <laughs> the older stepsister we won't we won't even say it's a full sister a stepsister whatever huh? any sibling that that didn't you know measure up he measures up now she can forget about that okay it's time to forget about the past anything that you didn't have that was that was right in the natural he makes it right now everything's been made right so he we're predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will he didn't wasn't forced to do it the father didn't make him do it it was the good pleasure of his will to adopt us hmm? so we're adopted in a, a vertical fashion by the father and in a lateral fashion by the brother Jesus we're also adopted into a family so we have other brothers and sisters who are adopted into this family just like we are and so it says here by to the praise of the glory of his grace by his grace he has done this you didn't have to earn it so it's got nothing to do with you for the umpteenth time wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved he made you that 
Was I adopted the way I was? No. He made you accepted. See this will kill all of your I'm not good enough and you don't know what I did and what I've been through. And it just kills you out of the picture. The predestination, the foreordaining, the choosing that takes you totally out of it. You were chosen by his grace through no effort on your part. You were just in trouble and, and needed help. That's what most people come to Christ you know, and before you know it, you're swept up into a help that you didn't even know you needed. Mm-hmm. You know you needed all of that. You didn't know you needed forgiveness of sins. You didn't know that sin was your real problem. You thought it was somebody in your life that was giving you grief. And so, once we know that we have been made accepted in the beloved, you are conformed into acceptability. So you're not the same person you used to be at all. Huh? You've already been conformed. Why? By the forgiveness of your sins. It's your first conformity. All that old stuff is passed away. All things become new. The sooner you get wind of that and start believing you're a new creature, acting like a new creature, stepping up to the plate and receiving your inheritance, the better off you're going to be. You know, people, religious people, oh, what about? Hmm? Well, keep that if you like it. Huh? Keep that sin. <laughs> keep that nonsense. What about, if, if you want to keep it, keep it. But I'm telling you, it's been paid for. It's been atoned for. You have to carry that nonsense around. He says, in whom we have redemption. What else you want? You're accepted in the beloved. You're made conformed to his image. And you're redeemed through his blood. You've been purchased out of the power that used to possess you. Hmm? Well, I wasn't so bad. I thought you were, you know, a rotten character before. Now you ain't so bad. Which one are you? Huh? You're accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. The riches of his grace. What's freely given, God's rich in that. Never runs out. It never runs out for any of us. Wherein he has abounded to us in all wisdom and prudence. I mean, everything that we need is freely given to us. You don't have to struggle for anything. You know, you don't have to uh, put off things that you really need. You don't have to, well, I got it. Well, I don't know how long it's going to take God, as long as you want him to take. Hmm? You know, it's according to your faith, it's how it comes to you. You want to believe God to do things for you in the now or you think it's better if he tortures you a little bit? Well, I don't know. What's, you know, what do you like? The Song of Solomon, verse 6, I mean chapter 6, in verse 3, we see uh, a relationship defined here. Now, Jesus has adopted us. The Father's adopted us. We were chosen, predestined, conformed, atoned for, forgiven. All of those things. 
We are accepted in the beloved of God. Jesus being the first beloved. Got me? He was the firstborn of the beloved. So in in Ephesians, I'm sorry, in Song of Solomon 6 verse 3 it says, I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. So this this, uh, implies some type of a commitment, a vow. It sounds like a marriage and in fact it is a story of a husband and wife here. And if you follow that word beloved in the Song of Solomon it's probably used over 40 or 50 times to describe the relationship of these two. And so it's a Shunammite girl and her husband we believe it's Solomon and it talks about how being one's beloved affects the two of them. It talks about how they respond to one another. The sound of my beloved's voice and so forth and so on. And how that affects them. And I think you have to look at it in light of what the word says about us. Because it talks about how we and our hearts feel toward God and how God feels toward us. And so these things are in there for that reason. To give you an understanding of the fact that you are accepted. You are the beloved of God. Man, you, you've been made accepted there. Because many people fall short of feeling lovable. Whether you feel lovable, whether you are lovable. Some of us are love more lovable than others. Let us... <laughs> you know, sometimes we, you know, you love a porcupine. You can't hug them, but you can love them. <laughs> yeah, our little quills out, huh? But it's nice to know <laughs> that you don't have to be accepted on your own merit. So Jesus will give you a hug, quills and all. Uh, he'll be picking them out of his his clothes, you know. He just sashayed up there and got your little hug. Uh, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> you know it's the truth. Amen. You might as well say amen. Finally, somebody understands. <laughs> In Deuteronomy 21, verse 16. It says, then it shall be when he makes his sons to inherit that which he has, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated, which is indeed the firstborn. So the, the beloved firstborn son, that's a position that's, that's always uh, dear to a parent's heart. There's something about the firstborn that marks them as the beloved. That's why the subsequent children, you like him better, you like me. You know, kids are always looking for that, you know. Because there is a place there in the heart of the the parent. You know, that firstborn, you know, is when we ever have children, there's a lot at stake there. And once you have one child, you figure, uh, okay, how do we stop this? Because if we have another one right away, this might be get crowded in here. You know, you start getting more practical, unless. But the firstborn is the child of hope, the child of promise, the one that every you know you just gotta have that first child. 
and there's a special place in the heart of the parent so <clears throat> that that the firstborn has a special place man and that per- firstborn is an heir but he is the beloved of the father and of the mother in Deuteronomy 33 in verse 12 I think it is and of Benjamin he said these are the prophecies over the children of Israel the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him and the Lord shall cover him all the day long and he shall dwell between his shoulders that's right you get a piggyback ride huh I remember when we were four girls everybody's in a bad mood you know I mean even when you're three four and five or whatever we were you know pre-menopausal pre uh pre-pms type chicks you know everybody's daddy pick me up daddy pick me up (laughs) (laughs) and somehow by the time daddy got one or two he tired Uh especially when we got to be 30 no (laughs) it's an old joke old joke wake up I won't have to tell so many of them. So, <laughs> but you know, Daddy got tired. You didn't get, or if you got up there, you got a short ride. You know, if you're a little porky, you know, you got a real short ride. After a while, it got too heavy to be carried between the shoulders. But that's the position of the beloved man. You get the piggyback ride. Daddy comes and picks you up. He's so happy to see you that's where we are now I wish you'd get out of your past and quit thinking about what that wasn't your life you got me you know uh, come on now you're in a new life now you can rejoice about these things huh you're not too heavy that God can't pick you up and rejoice over you so the beloved dwells in safety Hmm? not fear but safety you're always in safety he says and the Lord will cover you all day long he'll be your shadow you know the Psalm 23 you're walking through difficult places through the valley of the shadow of death and then he's there he's with you amen he covers you he's with you and there's nothing to fear nothing to fear it's wonderful it's wonderful Benjamin was known they were uh, uh, hunters they were um, warriors there was a very strong warrior tribe Um, you know even when they came into uh, the line of kings there was still that element of conquering in them that's why Goliath they sent out a champion they were really uh, the Philistines were really looking for a, a big fight that's how why they sent out the big gun you know and they didn't want everybody to be slaughtered because when they saw heard that Saul was the son of Kish a Benjamite they thought oh my goodness them people and when they got up they found Saul you know he looked the part he had the size of a warrior but he had the brain of an ant if I may say Hmm? and very fearful 
very fearful of the people and he didn't have it in him to be a ruler sometimes people are good warriors but not good rulers and so God had to find somebody after his heart who knew how to war and to love and to govern and to rule he has to have all of that in one in that office <clears throat> and so we are the beloved as, as, we, as the beloved of God we are called to dwell in safety even God even had to cover Benjamin as a warrior tribe of people even the toughest of warriors need help from God so the beloved also being beloved actually means to be uh, one called into intimate an intimate relationship of love man a close relationship of love so we are made accepted into intimate fellowship with God where we have nothing to fear nothing to be ashamed of nothing to hide we can trust God with everything because he won't put us down for our faults we can share our faults with him we can share our our deepest concerns our fears uh, our joys all of those things we can share with him uh, because he he wants to hear all of that you know I was thinking about you know in a natural marriage you know your spouse can only handle so much you know it's like if I had that look on my face you know <laughs> it's like it's, it's like the remote gets to be a weapon you know it's like <laughs> oh honey I just wanted a hug are you sure <laughs> you ain't looking right today Eat that look off your face and come on. There's none of that with God. Uh, you can be rough and ugly and whatever, and He still accepts you have a place where you can come to Him, you can sit, you can talk, you can worship and fellowship. You have a place of, you are accepted into intimate fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. And you're accepted there because of your joint heirship with Christ. You know, you, you, whatever he has, you have. Uh, you just kind of like go along for the ride. And so all of the things that he is heir of, you have a joint heirship with him. So you just, you just got to be cool. You understand? Well, I mean, as cool as you can be. Because, you know, people take that stupid after a while you know you don't have to put on any act with God you don't have to say the right Christian phrases or you know try to hang in with the crowd with him you can just be you you know and and he will help you in Nehemiah 13 This is what I wanted. 13.26. Let's see what it says. Did not Solomon king of Israel sin by these things. And this is Nehemiah reading the law to the people. Yet among many nations was there no king like him. Who was beloved of his God. In the one breath they're saying he, you know, he's a bad example. But he was still beloved of his God. His sin didn't cancel out his status as the beloved of God. You know why? Because Jesus accepted us in order to purify us. 
He knew we didn't have it all together when when we came to him. Nor did that one time confession of sin clean us totally up. I wish people would get that. You know the work in progress thing. It's not an excuse for our bad behavior. It's, It's something between us and God where he's working on us. You know his dealings with you and your life is nobody's business but yours and God's. See it's not up for debate for all the saints to decide if you're nice or if you're mean or if you're this or you're that or you shouldn't be preaching or you ought to sit down or whatever. Why don't you get up and preach? You'll find it ain't that easy being wheezy. Huh? It's true. It comes with its own set of problems. Whereas if the saints I think would bless and encourage and strengthen and help you. You see somebody struggling to get up and start serving God. You need to be all the more mindful to make it easy for them. To pray for them. To help them. To encourage them. You know to tell them if if they only had one good revelation the whole sermon. And you slept the rest of the time. I really enjoyed that. Whatever. You know, I mean, you ain't on your game every day either. Huh? You know, you get up here, you got people's faces, you got their whatever, you got their they don't like that point. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) You could go home and never come back sometimes. (laughs) Huh? But you're accepted in the beloved of God. The love of God constrains you to keep going for God. So Solomon sinned in all these things, yet among him <clears throat> there was uh, uh, not a, among among nations was there no king like him who was beloved of his God. Solomon's life reflected the love of God that he was accepted. God gave him wisdom, God gave him wealth, God gave him many things, and blessed his life to govern over his people, and still forgave his sin. You got me? He forgave his sin. He didn't overlook it. He covered it and forgave it. Just like he does mine and yours. So there was no king like him who was beloved of his God. And God made him king over all Israel. So even though he did outlandish sins. On the one hand we have this very blessed life. And on the other hand we just you know can mess up terribly. You know but God still gives us the opportunity we never lose our status as the beloved of God you never lose that why because you're called to be purified you're not called because you're pure you're called to purification Hmm? nobody's pure nobody's called for that reason you don't get called of God because you're wonderful you get called because you need him huh in Psalms 60 verse 5. Verse 4. Thou hast given a banner to them that fear you. Huh? Put your sign up. It says beloved. Hello. I am loved. I am loved. I am loved. And loved. Read it and weep. I am loved. He says you are given a banner to them that fear you. That it may be displayed because of the truth. (laughs) That thy beloved may be delivered. Your banner is for your deliverance. 
When the devil sees that, he's got to flee. Amen. Huh? When he sees that you're beloved of God, your sins are paid for, he's got no authority, you just put that banner up and say, Stop! In the name of love. Before you hurt yourself, devil. Run into my flag, you're going to hurt yourself. Then we might be delivered, save with thy right hand and hear me. The right hand is always pointing toward Christ in the mercy seat. Amen. Since God has spoken in his holiness, I will rejoice. Amen. His holiness is what commands our life. It commands our life. His his voice of, of non-judgment against us, of righteousness toward us, all of that stuff, that commands your life. He's not looking for you to uh, to pay you back for something. Come on now. Don't be afraid to, to uh, share with God what's on your heart. Don't be afraid to talk to him about what you need and your fears and your frustrations, all of those things. You know, I think if we had more relationship with God, everything would bug us less. Huh? People would bug you less. You would bug you less. Huh? <laughs> Psalm one twenty two and verse two. Oh, I messed that one up. Was it one twenty? That was when Nene came in there and I started. <laughs> Oh, I take it back. Whatever. Well, we'll find that one. We'll find that one one day. I just started. You know what I did? I wrote over it several times, so I don't even remember what verse it was. Praise the Lord. Amen. His mercy endures forever. Amen, amen, amen. I can't find that one. I thought I would be able to. Uh, Song of Solomon then again in verse 2. And we'll read some in that that, uh, book. Thank you, Jesus. This is a love that's hard to conceive of. Because our, our minds can't really fathom perfection. But yet God attempts to help us to see a picture of what that's like, you know, uh, in in dealing with just love between two human beings. In Song of Solomon, chapter two, and verse eight, the voice of my beloved. Hmm? This is something that you need to understand that when we call Jesus and he calls us, that we have this reaction in each other. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. Huh? So all you brothers out there, get your leaping and your skipping skills So you know this is a lot of imagination on the part <laughs> on the part of the young woman. Oh. She says, My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He looks forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said and said unto me rise up my love my fair one and come away yeah 
Well, nay, nay, I was married too long, I think, but I <laughs> vaguely remember. <laughs> All I can see is a remote pointed at me. And- <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a, it's like a clicker. Food, water, <laughs> gravy, biscuits, <laughs> click. <laughs> but the, the, the love, being beloved of God and being beloved by God should stir your imagination to anticipate good things in that relationship. And when I uh, was uh, saved, or first saved, that one of the first the one scripture that uh, I received, the first prophecy I received, um, was from this this um, scripture. In fact, it was this one. Um, yeah. Song of Solomon 2, probably, it says here, the voice of my beloved, starting in verse 8. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He looks forth at the window, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. So that was God telling me that the difficulty that I had in my life was past. Because if you've been depressed for five years and living off pills, you know it's good news. So he let me know that that affliction would not come upon me a second time. You got me? It's been more than 30 years since then. And he says the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing of birds has come. And the voice of the turtle, or that really, that really means turtle dove. So the voice of the dove is heard in our land. So the voice, the turtle dove is, if you, if you are fortunate enough to have them in your, um, let's say in your area where you live, they have this very uh, distinct cooing. It's almost like a throaty. It's not, you know, like most most birds are a little high pitched or something like that. They're a little shrill, but theirs is more of a throaty kind of a sound. It's ooh, like that, and it's very. Uh, it's got a lot of vibration to it, and um, you'll see that that comes up when uh, oftentimes when the song of the Lord comes. It's got that. I mean, even people who can sing, you know, have a singing voice. Uh, Juanita Bynum is one. When she sings the song of the Lord, it's always very, it's a turtle dove in that. It's it's a mark of the the Holy Spirit calling to us. You got me? And his mark in a human voice. It's, it's, it's not that we can't sing. You know, I mean, you know, if you train your voice and get good control, you can sing. But it's, it's that that mark in that voice that you know that's the spirit of God singing because there's that vibration there. So it's a song of the turtle dove is heard in our land. And so <clears throat> that let me know that God was pulling me away in a loving way. Yeah. Huh? In a loving way. Because I needed that. You understand we all need it but I needed it to know that there was no guilt, no condemnation, no fear 
put it all away and I think everybody needs to know that they're loved you know and and it's an unconditional love and that they are valuable to God especially when you've been through a difficult time in your life you need to understand that God now is drawing you to him and there's no penalty there's no nothing that you owe there's no fear you can really trust God one of the first visions I I received of God when when I knew that he had called me to preach was I saw a vision of me walking uh, on the beach with a man and he had his hand around my shoulder now if you're married you better find out who that is or see sleep go sleep don't you wake up don't stop this <laughs> Ah, grow up. Grow up. Anywho. (laughs) But I related to that person as a brother. And I didn't have a brother. I had had a brother. My mother's firstborn, if he had lived, would have been a boy. And I remember thinking to myself many times in my life that I wish I had an older brother. See, when there's one that's supposed to be in your life, there's that missing thing there. You know, sometimes you perceive that. And so, right away, that got filled. See, all the missing parts will come together. And I perceived this person as a brother, an older brother. And as we walked, he kept telling me things. And... I would say, oh, I said, oh, no, I can't do that. Are you, are you kidding? I, is, is, what? And he said, oh, come here, come here, let me tell you. How we, and it was a joke to him, you know, that I was reluctant. And so he said, oh, I'll help you with it. Come on. I said, you know, like, like bad kids do, you know. It's, we're going to mess something up real bad. Let me tell you how we're going to get away with it. That's the way it came across to me. And that was my call to this ministry. You know, that you'll be able to do things that other people are going to be afraid to do. People are scared to rebuke the devil. You know, he get messing up your paycheck and messing with your kids. And he'll make you sit down and leave him alone. I've seen him do it to many saints. And so God began to show me, the Lord began to show me that he would help me with this. And it would be fun to me. And it wouldn't be, you yeah, and so it's it's become the joy of my life, you know, to do this work for God. And so, and it hasn't been hard. It's been like a regular, you know, it's like sometimes I would hear people say, oh, well, you know, the life of prayer is just a hard life. And I'm thinking, well, come on now, you know, let's just get real here, you know. And then I'd hear about these people who prayed for days and fasted and didn't eat and all that. And I'm thinking... Oh my God! They did what? Kidding me? The elbow keeps moving up to the mouth. 
kind of thing you know not not that i'm against it you know you know how we roll but i know when i'm fasting because i don't have an appetite you know god helps me greatly with that so you know that kind of thing so and it has not been hard if you do it by the spirit it's not hard at all and so it it was that call that i saw that filled a lot of things for me and i knew that i would have to walk it alone because there was no picture of my husband with me in it you got me uh, these people that come up to me have come up to me since well i see you and your husband in ministry and i'm thinking are you kidding me that guy <laughs> he's so happy going to work i mean i couldn't tell you how happy he is so i knew he wasn't called you know it's just blanket things they say but anywho but but that that cleared up so many things for me prophecy should make it clearer not muddier when it comes from God and you need to accept it and embrace it reflect on it and let it stay with you you know I think what's happened now is people get into too many lines they ain't supposed to get into where God didn't move you to go there and and hear a word from him. Some people collect prophecies everywhere they go and they're not really doing anything for God with what they supposedly have been given. So anyway, so that was, was what he did. He lured me away from the world by letting me know that I was accepted in the beloved that that there there was God who loved me and through this love relationship I would do everything that's why it's never been hard for me you know I mean it it gets a little more difficult the older I get but I still lean into God for every help and and it's not it's not taxing it's not trying it's not any of those things it's just what he's called me to do and when when love is the foundation of your relationship when it's the basis when you can count on the fact that there that you love that person and that person loves you then you can go through anything you can because you're motivated by a much higher motivation uh, there's there's a givingness that comes in love that that you can't mistake as being God you know that's it's just so God that this is there I always encourage young people to ask God for help when you're deciding who to marry because you these decisions have to be made you know you have to decide you can't be uh, thinking about what they can do for you only or what you want from them uh, your marriage is not a, a I got to have my needs met kind of situation it's it's a lot of giving you know both people have to give and, and when you give it's not with the the uh, understanding of what you're going to get or you're not motivated by what you're going to get you're motivated by love when you give so if love is not there you know some people get married for convenience or you know, well I've been wanting to do this for so long and boom they find somebody in a coma <laughs> just about you know what I'm saying oh Christians man get some goofy ideas sometimes there's no compatibility no no I mean the checklist it just no 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 I do (laughs) 
Huh? Then you up in my grill trying to, you know, work a miracle. I'm going to say, honey, listen. <laughs> hey. Five. Song of Solomon chapter five. We shall move on. In verse two. It says, I sleep but my heart wakes. Oh, tell me about it. Huh? That's the effect that we have on the Lord. I mean, look at it from from this is him how he feels about you. Because he gave you this love. You didn't give him nothing. You're just responding to it. Huh? I sleep but my heart wakes. Your heart wakes up before you do. Hmm? It is the voice of my beloved that's not saying open to me my sister my love. So you see this is a picture of the firstborn and his bride. This is Jesus talking to the church. My love, my dove, my undefiled. Mm -hmm. For my head is filled with dew. Now this brother been standing outside a long time knocking. Hallelujah. (laughs) And my locks, well such as they are. some, Some brothers have more locks than other brothers. Some more, some less. With the drops of the night, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? Huh? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? Oh. My beloved, in other words, I'm comfortable in my bed. My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. But some of y'all was married too long. That's just all there is to it. Come on now, get with me. But you have a stirring on the inside for the person that you love. Well, you ought to. And it ain't the pizza you just yeah, I finished my pizza. I wash my feet. I finished my pizza. I got my, my late show on. They ain't talking about that. Mm-hmm. says, I rose up to open the door to my beloved. And my hands dropped with myrrh. My fingers with sweet smelling myrrh upon the hands. <laughs> now this girl got it I was married too long. She done got all perfume. That's the bed, bath, and beyond stuff. You just pull out Victoria's Secret. Don't tell nobody nothing. Yeah. That's the stuff you don't you don't just you know, this ain't what you put out on the dresser that your cousin can use to while this ain't for cuz. Keep that back there. It's for the brother. Huh? All they have to do is tell you one time they like that smell. And bam! Got it. Mark it down. One thing off the list. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Since I opened the door to my beloved, but he had withdrawn himself and was gone. Oh my! My soul failed when he spoke. Oh my goodness, she done fainted. I sought him but could not find him. I called him but he gave me no answer. The watchman that went about the city found me and wounded me. I mean she was hunting for this brother. She fought the police. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm serious. Huh? 911 what? 
God. No emergency here. I'm finding the brother. She said they smote me and wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. I charge you O daughters of Jerusalem. If you find my beloved that you tell him that I am sick with love for him. Telling you. So that's the way the Lord feels about us. Girl come on now. Girl days are way over. <laughs> Let's get real here. <laughs> Can she walk? <laughs> Let's get real. We're not fantasizing here. We're talking about the Lord and his beloved. Please keep it holy here. Keep it real. Oh, you missed the whole point. Amen. Praise the Lord. I remember back when I was young, in the young days of young love. Huh? I mean, they have all this work, and you got abnormal hormones. <laughs> and it came in pill form. Oh, now let's get real here. <laughs> let's let the young folk have it. They got a chance. Ours is done, all right? <laughs> I was married too long. <laughs> Song of Solomon. Oh, don't get depressed on me. It's lighten up, okay? Let's get real, all right? <laughs> Chapter 8. <laughs> Verse 14. It says, Make haste, my beloved. Make haste. Now, that's what the Lord is preparing for the end time. He is hastily preparing a place for us. Well, that's that's the call of the bride for the bridegroom to make haste for the wedding feast. Well, because we are betrothed to him, but we are not in a place of total knowing him, seeing him like he is. So for this dispensation, we have these times with the Lord. Amen. We have the times with the Lord. I want to show you something else in Jeremiah 12. This is how God feels about us as the beloved. You need to understand these things because they are very important to help you to understand why he forgives. Why there's no recollection of your sin. Why grace is extended to you. Why you get second chances over and over and over again. Hmm? says I have forsaken mine house I have left my heritage I have given the dearly beloved of my soul unto the land of her enemies or the hand of her enemies now this is God lamenting the fact that he has to turn Israel over to her enemies because God's word is true and because God cannot tolerate disobedience you know, sometimes that has to happen. Now, we need to understand that that never interrupts our status as his beloved. We are always, the Bible says, in a little wrath he hid his face from us, but with great loving kindness he always woos us back. So you have to understand that the just 
and the fairness of God. He is He is purifying us so that we can be obedient to Him, so that we can be successful in our obedience to us. We're not just being groomed so that we can adorn something, you know, and and look good. So He wants us. There's a purpose for which He is doing these things in us. In Daniel 9, you saw Daniel as a man who was put to some hard tests in God because of the era that he was was um, was born into and, and his position in the earth he had to endure some very difficult challenges uh, in his walk with God but yet remain faithful to God because he was called of God to serve in this dispensation we're in the same kind of a boat we're in a, a wicked world we're in a world that uh, <clears throat> defies now holiness where they used to respect it and go leave you alone if they knew you served God you know you stay in your place we stay in ours now evil is appinging over into the righteous and we can't we can't have that so in in Daniel 9 verse 3 uh let me see do I want three ten I think I'll try 10, 11. Yeah, and this is where the angel came and, and um, referred to him. And he said in verse 11, he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he has spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. So Daniel lived in a time where if you didn't bow to the king, you were killed. He had been through some very difficult things and he was fasting and praying so that he could hear from God. And so when he finally hears from God, God has to remind him of his status with him. That you have not lost your position as the beloved of God. He repeats it in verse 19. And he says, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto you. Daniel also had to endure some very difficult um, sayings. And some difficult prophecies that he had to watch and see. So he had to understand that these weren't being sent to him as punishment for anything that perhaps he had done. These things are important for us to know. Because we never lose our status as the beloved of God. That's never taken away from you. Because you have been conformed and accepted in the beloved. See, it's not something that uh, you can lose or you can, but you've been accepted there. This is a, a family that you've been accepted in. You've been accepted as an heir and a joint heir. It's like the, the richest guy you know finally brings you home to meet the family. You're married to him now. They can't kick you out. I mean, all you got to do is be cool. And don't wind up in divorce court nowhere and get real stupid. You understand what I'm saying? It's, these are there are requirements on us. We have to embrace that status. We have to understand what it entails and what it means. What are your duties as the bride of Christ? What are you, are you allowed to do anything you want to do, or 
You understand what I'm saying? You you know, you you have to be groomed. You have to take it seriously. You have to take it with some respect. But that status never changes. You know, I don't care how much you fight and argue or disagree with your your spouse, you're still married. You know, until somebody backs up over the broom or something, I don't know, but <laughs> step backwards. Uh, right on out the house. In Matthew uh, verse chapter 3, verse 17, Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. And the father said, verse 17, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hmm? And so Jesus didn't need water baptism. He already had the Holy Ghost. That's your ticket in, folks. That's your that's your to everything. But he said he wanted to fulfill all righteousness. So that's what the righteous did at that time. They submitted to John's baptism. And so he came in as an ordinary man, humbled himself and submitted to that, as was so as not to cause confusion. Sometimes you do things so that you don't cause confusion and you don't cause controversy and, and that's really he wasn't repenting of his sins folks come on he didn't have any but he humbled himself and took on the fashion of a man he went to the synagogue but do you think they really taught him something give me a break it's like a lot of places people go now they just go they get dressed and they go they put something in the basket and they go. So, you know, this is this is the way it is. And Luke, you know, a lot of people don't think you're supposed to learn anything in church. You just go. You know, it's, I went to church today and they feel good about themselves. What did you learn? Hmm? A parable about the husbandman in Luke chapter 20. The... the, the uh, the man who owns the the vineyard wants to send somebody that the servants will obey. He finally sends his beloved son. And he thinks because they will reverence him. But they don't. They kill him and they <coughs> cast him out of the vineyard. And so uh, if they did that to beloved, there's a sacrifice that, that his bride has to make too. We're, we're heirs of the same life. See, they're, they're trying to stop the life from coming forth into the earth. You'll get persecuted for, for just loving God. You know? I mean, it's like, man, who did I marry? <laughs> you know? It's, it's, it, it is that way. Because we are heirs of his life. Just like a natural husband and wife, you share everything. You share your assets and you share your liabilities. Persecution happens to be a liability to a sense, but it will yield something for us that we could not get without it. Hmm? It yields something. There is nothing that you sacrifice and and you know endure that you don't gain something more in God. You're not just here being whipped for nothing. You know, you gain. The Bible says if we are to reign with him, we suffer with him. So if you wanna wanna rule and, and reign, you gotta go through some things. 
you know the first church I was at you know one one day I was you know a minister and the next day I was kicked out huh? because of, of what I was doing for God you know the status that I was trying to accomplish in God as long as man can control you they're happy with you the minute you get under God's authority but for real though y'all they hate you because they can't control God mm-hmm. they'd love to be able to control God but they can't <clears throat> so Paul refers to the saints as beloved as does John in, in, in all of the epistles that are written you'll see that this, this phrase is used to describe the church they're called beloved probably more than they're called saints or just as much as they're called saints so saints is a a um, a status that you get through atonement beloved though is a term of endearment that's called so uh, just like um, your name may be Mary but your nickname among your friends what do your intimate friends call you you see what I'm saying that's what happens that's what beloved really actually is in in heavenly language so many instructions then are given to the beloved regarding conduct and this is very similar to the uh, expression of courtship between a man and a woman that the Holy Spirit here as he is writing the epistles and admonishing the church as to proper conduct as becoming saints is also helping us to be conformed to the image so that we will be excuse me the wise versions versions on that day when the Lord comes back for us if 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 we live that long and or that you will be accepted into heaven as the the accomplished bride as the bride who is perfected by his love he does all of these things because he loves us he has chosen us and called us out and chosen us as his bride to uh to really further adorn us and perfect us in a marriage your marriage should help you be a better person it should increase you not decrease you bring out the best not the worst (laughs) well if you got a few horns showing you don't even put them back in or whatever but you know it, it it the purpose of love is to perfect a person you know you're not entering into this relationship so that you can you know like you married the mob or something like that this is something that's going to to help you um, to be a perfected person somebody who understands who you are your character is more refined you're not this you know party animal that was out every night you're at home now hopefully some of y'all would have tethered but at least you're home come on now Uh, some of these brothers can't stay still Hmm? (laughs) you gotta be tethered so uh, the conduct that, that the epistles are trying to bring out for us are the proper lifestyle for someone who is betrothed to royalty Hmm? you have the highest level of living required through these epistles 
It's a high level of living. It's not just barely enough to get squeezed into heaven. But if you read them, they're teaching you how to keep yourself unspotted from the world. How to tell what the world loves and what you used to be. And you're not that anymore. You're called to a higher calling. And the high calling is not what you do for God. It's who you are. It's it's what he develops you into. That's your highest that you can ever be about. People sometimes hide behind ministry as something to to cover up for their lack of discipline into the life that God wants them to come into. You know, we got all kind of people trying to cut corners on that purification process, but you cannot shorten that. You can't skip over that. You can't be absent that day and still get an A. You know the way we used to do, and there's no makeup exam for this. There's just enduring and going through what God has ordained for us to purify us. So, <clears throat> the conduct that God requires us of us is a holy way of living. To be chaste, pure, and sinless. To be unspotted, and that's befitting of Him. As our Lord because he is chaste, pure and sinless. And he is our Lord. Even as Sarah called Abraham Lord. Jesus is never your pal, your buddy. Even though you may have a friendship relationship with him. And know him as friend. Somebody that's easy to talk to. Somebody who always is there for you. All of that is true. But he still is Lord of all. And, and we have to remember he's in charge of the relationship. You got me? You can never wrestle control from him. Many times people get anxious about things. You know, maybe you've asked God to to do something for you and doesn't seem to be happening fast enough. You know, we want to jump up and do something ourselves because we don't think He's there for us, but He is. So these things are part of the purification process. Can you trust Him? Trust Him to bring that answer to prayer. Trust if you just will obey him and allow this process to develop you if he will be there for you he's gonna is he gonna be faithful is he gonna do what he says he's gonna do or or are you gonna be disappointed again you know that's the thing so you have to that's where the renewing of your mind comes in you've got to renew your mind to this new relationship you know it's not the old stuff anymore you know, so often as as human beings, we're stuck in old relationships. You know, we're trying to make sure this new person doesn't do what the last one did. Well, that's the sometimes the unfortunate thing about a history and a resume and a past. You got too much in your past that you haven't gotten over, so that this relationship can be everything. But with God, it's different. If we will accept our new status, our, that we are a new creature, we've never lived before. And old things are passed away and we are new. We're new in every respect. So there shouldn't be any old stuff interfering with this new relationship. We have every reason to trust God. Because he's given us everything. He's, so far he has asked of us nothing. We're only, we've only been uh, partakers and receivers of his great love. And so what the only thing that, that he does require of us though is that we submit to the purification process.
requires submission. Now submission isn't hard. It takes more effort to fight God than it does to submit to him. Mm-hmm. You get anxious every now and then wondering. Oh, did he hear me? Did did I? Did I you know is he going to do it? And if he is when is he going to do it? And All this kind of stuff. We get anxious about things. Mm-hmm. Anxiety will cause you to move. You know, it'll cause you to get up and and think that you know you you got to do things. God isn't doing this for you. He's not. You know, all you got to do is submit, renew your mind to the what the Word says. He's faithful, and He's just. If there's something standing between you and God, get rid of it. For crying out loud, get rid of it, so that it doesn't come up as an issue anymore. And so when we deal with things in that way. And continue to submit to the purification process. Then we please him. We please him. And that's what, what, that's a higher level then of, of just accepting everything. See you can come up to the level where you begin to please God. And there are higher rewards for pleasing him. Mm-hmm. Now you're accepting in the beloved. He loves you. You can have fellowship with him. can tell him anything. You can expect him to perform his word. But as you submit and as you obey and as you are purified, there is a higher level of living in God where you please him. Mm -hmm. You can't please him without enduring the submitting to his authority in things. You, you've got to please him in that. And I can remember when, when I was first married. and You know we struggled a lot uh, in my marriage. You know who's in charge? Who's going to be the boss? Who's going to lead? <laughs> Do I follow? Where are we going? What do you want? You know that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> Women always want to go somewhere. You know, and men are content being at home. You know, so you gotta, you gotta find out what the will of God is there. And so, as as you live through life, though, you begin to appreciate what the other person brings to the table. Hopefully, and you begin to work out the marriage. It's so much better if you understand God's will for a marriage and you do things His way. You know, it just makes it so much easier. You have you have a, a standard there. See, before if God's not in it, all you got is two wills, and they clash oftentimes. But when you have God's word and His authority and God's vision over your life, it does make it a lot easier. Makes it more acceptable. And so, uh, as you allow God to come in, you can begin to see the reward of God in your marriage and the reward of a marriage that's pleasing to both people when uh, a man pleases a woman in a marriage you'll find that the woman is mindful of things that he enjoys and she enjoys providing those things See, you know you go out and you you're shopping you say oh I better get this for him he likes this or you know that you you desire to please that person because that person is pleasing to you you're not trying to manipulate them into anything because them brothers will smell that manipulation a mile away man if they smart at all a husband will <laughs> 
you know these other relay I don't know nothing about that nonsense we're not talking about that but uh, uh, God will protect a husband the Bible says that for the virtuous woman his heart safely trusts in her see if the brother don't safely trust it's because there's something that's not trustworthy there so you got rid, got to get rid of that. Nobody likes to be manipulated. Nobody likes to be, you know, controlled. So, so you have to. But but in 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 a relationship where you have a good foundation and love is motivating and driving, then people are each individual does things and they desire to please that person they begin to think of things that that person likes or they enjoy and they start to include those and so and and women have to understand that there's a difference between how men express pleasing that they're pleased and how women do so don't get bored on me take notes <laughs> but uh, there is a difference see women will will do it in the small everyday things because a woman who really is a virtuous woman still takes care of her household so your way you show your husband love you might get his favorite food or his favorite you know pick up a tie that he likes or he likes oh you know he hates to do that with the tv so i'll get this it'll make it easier for him it's the small things and they're small and they're frequent with men they like to overwhelm you with the biggies so they you know if they can't do something big they don't want to do anything you know go big or go home you know so so they all about the biggies and so they'll want to overwhelm a woman with with big things and so and and the more the more money a man has the bigger they are and so women sometimes will get stunned if you know if you're you know this is where women they lose it you know and this is where I have to pinch myself and want to kick them you know but if a man goes and buys you um, a gold necklace or a bracelet or a pair of gold earrings don't fuss at him because y'all can't afford it he knows you can't afford it he's the first one to know that but he got it anyway huh in his mind he's finding a way to afford it you got me and God will help him to afford it huh you don't kill the messenger folks he's he's trying to send you a message that his heart told him to do got me so be grateful be thankful be you know you don't rebuke somebody for showing they love you that's just that's just not cool you know you got to have better manners than that and so oftentimes we'll find that God when we pray and we ask for things he has so much more in store for us the Bible says he's able to do it see he he prepares you for the fact that you might be blown away overwhelmed because he wants to overwhelm us with the fact that he's pleased with us now what pleases God your faith when you show God you trust him you can expect to get overwhelmed with what he's going to bring into your life. 
You got me? But you got to show him you trust him. You can't be standing over. Well, we can't afford this. And put that back. And all, you know. In the natural realm, that's why men go find a lady who will tell them they like it. And same earrings, you was too expensive. Some hoe will put them on and dance and be happy for them. Gee, I wish I'd stop five minutes ago. <laughs> you know, but it burns me up to see ingratitude. That's really what it is. It's that old Jezebel spirit that wants to control a man and make him do what you want to do, even if he's trying to show you he loves you. That's stupid. Stupid. Huh? You know what? I wish I had ten more fingers. Bring them on in here. Let me see what you got. Show me something. I've been praying a long time for a man like you to come into my life. Bring it on. He don't care what you can work and get on your own. He don't care about that. You keep working, you keep doing what you do, but he has something else in mind that he wants to give you. I wish we get real here. Read your Bible, something. Check in with your own heart, something. Now the brother's trying to send you a message. Can you hear? Can you hear? So when we are when he's pleased with us because we've submitted to the purification process, we have reward. We have reward. Because then your faith comes out polished, shiny, able to move mountains, able to bring do things for you. He can call upon that faith by the moving of the Holy Spirit to do things to bless humanity. See? And that's where he's Lord and you can serve. Huh? But you got to learn how to be gracious in receiving everything he has for you. You, know, you have to receive uh, uh, understanding. You have to receive knowledge. You have to receive correction. You've got to have stuff moved out. You've got to let him move a little furniture around. You got me? And don't be the one to want to place everything all the time. You know, I know that chair don't go there, but he put it there. You know, it's like, um, who is that, Frazier's dad? Uh huh. Drives Frazier nuts. He Frazier all highbrow with his expensive furniture, and there's there's Marty Crane with the beat up recliner with the duct tape on it, and that little flea bag idiot he is, huh? But that's what makes Dad comfortable. So you let him put his recliner where he wants to, huh? I tell you where he wanted right in front of that television. And you don't have to have no table there for the remote. That brother put it on the floor, stick it in a pocket in the, between the seat and the cushion or something. He put it anywhere. He just wore his chair. So we have to learn how to release control over things. Because we don't know where the ship is going all the time. Amen. So you have to let the one who is in charge lead. 
I didn't say control. I said lead. There's a difference. In leading we're going somewhere. In control often we're not. Uh, now some husbands are control freaks. They just want to you know, stop everything. You know, no, we ain't doing that. Ain't. Well, what are we doing? Huh? Give me a something. <laughs> Can't say no to everything. And so there's a difference there. There's a big difference. So when a a, a, a ship is is moving, if it needs a little adjustment in the direction, everybody can go with that. But if a ship's still and we're afraid to get out of port, everybody's bored. Huh? A lot more exciting to get out there on water. So, the, you know, and that's what God's looking for. He's looking for a man who will lead his family. Just get out there. Like Abraham, go and when it's time to stop, I'll tell you to stop. But just get up and do something is what God's telling us. So we'll submit then to the process of purification. We have great reward. Are you bored over here? You're enjoying this, aren't you? Praise God. <laughs> Tell me you enjoy it. I'm bored over there, bored over there. What up with that? <laughs> so anyway, so but when God is pleased with us, that reward comes. That's more than anything. Just knowing. Oftentimes, my husband didn't have to do a whole lot. You know, just knowing that he cared enough to think. That does a lot for a woman you know that does a lot for a woman just the fact that he thought about you and cared to do oh baby I couldn't get much that's what, always his story I'm thinking why not Where's, did you did you look over here no it's an old joke wake up it's an old joke but anyway why not did you use this card that card I could help you do more if you just no it's a joke alright I'm done alright I'm done okay praise the Lord we're done praise God amen 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 we're done. amen praise God thank you Father for your word and for giving us understanding so much you love us Lord it's hard to describe we try and describe it in the simple ways that we understand but Father it's so much more than what we know can ask or think and we thank you Lord that we are the beloved of God you've made us accepted into that great beloved family in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 if you need prayer come on up I'll pray for you Hello.